Hey guys, welcome to episode number three of Tech LGTM. I am your host Preet, along with Shashank and Amol. So hey guys. So uh, today, guys, uh, we actually uh, we heard you. We got a lot of good positive feedback from the last two episodes, and then we decided to continue our journey on this. And we wanted to bank on the uh, couple of topics that we talked about in the last episode. and uh, definitely wanted to talk about something very interesting uh, unity's ipo and uh, no better than amor to actually start and tell us about unity because of his uh, pioneering experience in uh, the ar vr space uh, so um, hey amol so why don't you start us off yeah thanks preet um, thanks for the good introduction so um unity is a very special company that i have worked in um that particular space for almost few years when i was working on the vr commerce and um, we looked into the unity we looked into the unreal engine and then few other competitions and finally the unity has done the ipo right after actually being in the business for almost more than 15 years um something interesting happened in their um business model and then how they priced their share they priced their share around 52 dollars right and when the market opened it jumped to close to 75 dollars which is more than 31% increase yes. so this is we, still still better than uh, like uh, for the founders yeah. i would say still better than what was what happened with snowflake in the last episode we talked about 111% popping up that that was crazy yeah. like i think the in this case i would say the bankers did a good job they made some money <laughs> they didn't actually leave the founder <laughs> and, and they uh, probably learned from uh, what happened in snowflake and they said a time to fix our mistakes so probably probably maybe yeah hey amol yeah. before we go into that can you tell uh, uh, our listeners that what unity is all about like just a quick uh, short description of what unity is and why why are we even talking about unity today yeah so the core product of the unity is a gaming engine right so when you have um, a developer who is a mobile developer and wants to create a mobile game then they have a gaming engine you drag and drop the right assets and then they have this engine of the physics and then the image rendering and that makes it very very easy for any developer to create a quick um game for mobile and then launch it that's why they are very very famous among the indie developers um mm-hmm. beside that they have the amazing partnership with some big companies also like electronic arts nantic ubisoft and tencent um interesting thing is that nice. even the pokemon go was launched um uh, using unity so very famous pokemon go yes ah okay <laughs> i know shashank was a big fan of uh, that uh, he used to play that uh, he was so involved when he used to play pokemon go uh, he, he can name most of uh, catching those pokemon statues were the great man everyone was in the i was walking in new york streets i mean it was uh, getting good exercise and i was just catching up those rare rare species like and then You, like there were people like who news will spread. Okay, you got a rare species in a, a, that particular block in that particular building, and people just <laughs> went to that place. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, oh, uh, I remember it was. That, it I didn't know that it was powered yeah. by Unity. That's a good one to know. Yeah. Back to the stock, actually. Like, uh, like, sorry, you were saying like, uh, how much is the market cap of Unity right now? Uh, market cap is close to 19 billion based on the recent mm-hmm. uh, closing. So, a uh, uh, nice. market cap for the company. <laughs> that's cool that's nice um one thing interesting to know is that um they are still not profitable yet so their revenue expected in 2020 is close to 750 million um that is about 
thirty percent increase year over year. Um, also, so what I think the main uh, revenue, like how, like uh, since you mentioned it's a platform for developers creating games and things, so I'm guessing the main revenue might be the developer fees or some kind of stuff. Like how do how are they earning money? Great question. So they have revenue in two parts, right? One is they sell the software in the premium model. So uh, they have partnership with big companies and they use their uh, pro engine to create the games. That's one thing. And then they also have the consulting part. That's about 50%, 40% of the total revenue there. Plus the major revenue comes from the ad business. So they have the APIs and the whole ad network to play the ads inside the games. So simple use case is yeah. like if you want to uh, make sense. Yeah. Watch, watch the ad. Um, and also they have some analytics um, API to track the analytics inside the game. Uh, also for the cloud hosting, they yeah. have some other services. Now that you say that, I remember like uh, when I, I was with, uh, in Flurry with my co-founder, Flix co-founder, Mayank Mishra, we did create a Unity SDK for analytics side of things and even for some uh, mobile-based ads, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I, I think you can Google Flurry and uh, Unity SDK, you will find some GitHub resources. Oh, by Flurry? Yeah. Ah, interesting. Did we lost Amol? Yeah, I think guys, we lost Amol for a bit. But we can continue and Amol is probably going to join us back very shortly. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Amol is back, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned a very good thing about the Flurry SDK. One of the biggest problems that I see in the advertising, especially tracking, is in, especially in the gaming, is that it's very difficult to track. And also in the ARDR. So when I was building the apps for the ARVR, I did not know where the user is actually looking when they're looking around, right? Because you cannot track the eyes that easily. And I'm talking about four or five years ago. Now the APIs are there because of the machine learning. In case of normal tracking, like the uh, desktop, you know when the person is actually viewing and then clicking on something, right? Even in mobile. But that becomes even more difficult in the gaming and then also in the ARVR. And having an API is a very, very important thing for the Unity to track that. Shashank, uh, you have a lot of experience in this ad space. Do you know what kind of CPMs do uh, these guys go with? I mean, uh, mobile ads. I'm definitely on the pricier side, right? Because I mean, if no, I mean, it depends on like uh, uh, what kind of an app you are. Like Unity, as Amolzer is a platform, I, they don't decide the CPMs. Like I, as a game developer, will use Unity SDK to monetize and do something there. If there's an ad coming in, then I can actually put a floor about like, okay, my CPMs are like, uh, CPM is something like uh, images per, uh, like how many impressions you get per, per thousand, like how, per thousand impression, how much that cost. So you can put your floor actually, and Unity SDK will have to honor that. So your fill rate might go down if you put your high impression too high, then you're showing less ads. So you have to come with a balance where your fill rate is 100%, close to 100%, so that you can make more money based on volume. So it's not gonna be something specific for games? Uh, where you can earn coins and things like that. that. Angry Bird can charge like when Angry Bird was like oh, I'm talking about uh, ten years back or like, yeah yeah yeah. Nah, Angry Bird was a rage. Uh, then they could have charged any kind of premium actually because then you know that people are engaging there and like, Angry Bird is a premium app. Makes uh, sense. It depends if you have already made a brand name, then getting there you can charge a higher uh, CPMs. Okay. Okay. And I'm all uh, talking about Unity's uh, community. Uh, what kind of uh, because you said that most of them, most of the money that Unity makes is because of the ad revenue. 
So we are we are expecting that a lot of developers are on boarded onto Unity. They use this is the number one kind of uh, 3D game development platform. Is that the right thing to say? Is that a right assumption to make? Yes, I think they have uh, inside the mobile gaming. They have 50% market share, right? That's a huge ah, okay okay um, fragmented market in general. In the AR VR, which is basically they have 60% market share, and it's also ah. interesting. At one point of time, 2015, in the Facebook internal memo, the Zuckerberg said that they should acquire Unity. Probably they should uh, have done that because that time they were more bullish about the ARBR. Um, now it might be a little difficult for them to acquire, but still um, interesting to know that, you know. Uh, but usually Facebook is very good with stuff like that, right? I mean, they have all the right signals. They have installed all the spyware in most of the apps to figure out which app is working, which app is not working, what uh, happened here. They they haven't installed kind of thing in the app. They can generally what they were generally programs they had like Facebook Atlas. It was more about uh, a secret program where people they were paying money off to the kids or somebody Teens. who care about money. They don't care about how much data you are actually taking uh, from them. So yeah, they they can see some kind of like okay, uh, who, what games they are playing more and that kind of stuff, and they can see okay, majority of the games are coming from Unity. Then they yeah can, yeah. So um, that was for basically, uh, we're talking about the Facebook, the web version, right? Um, is that still apply for the mobile version? Like oh, they can- They had in a project Atlas and uh, different where, uh, so basically a VPN kind of a software you, and they used uh, their enterprise license to do that because they cannot list that kind of an app on the app store. So they they kind of uh, so-called abused that uh, enterprise that was supposed Google's, to use yeah, Google's and uh, Facebook's uh, uh, Google's and Apple's policy, like distribution policy, app yeah, distribution policy. Generally, enterprises generally for only for employees only. That okay, Facebook yeah. employees can do it, and they use that as a, a thing for going finding people and uh, giving them twenty five dollars a month or something around that. Oh, Basically, it was a full-blown spyware. Yeah. But yeah, the I people who installed, they knew it. It was on the full disclosure, the people who installed knew that they are installing some kind of a spyware, that it will track and monitor everything. So they had done that, but it was a secret project. Only people who were installing knew that they are doing something like this. So yeah, back to Unity stuff, man. Uh, so, Amul, what kind of competition are we talking about? Like, uh, we talked about Unity. We talked about how much money Unity is making. Like, I'm sure, but the market share is big enough for uh, more than one one Unity, right? For sure. Is there any yeah. competition for Unity? I, I, I... Yes, there is a competition for Unity, and uh, it's Epic Games, right? The the creator oh. of the yeah. uh, Fortnite. So, yeah, yeah. it's very interesting how the business model for the Epic Games and then um, Unity stack up, like. Epic Games are known for creating the amazing games like Fortnite, and they make a huge money from that, right? By um, having the monetization model inside the games itself. Okay. Instead of that, uh, for the Unity, they do not make any games. The other creators make games on that particular platform. Epic game, like, uh, for, as a developer, I cannot use Epic uh, for anything, right? Epic Games is like they are independent company creating their own games, and I, I as a developer, has no access to Epic kind of whatever they are doing or the internal platforms. Or you, have, you have access to the Unreal uh, Engine and many of the developers do use that. So like and Unreal Engine is also known for having amazing rendering engine, right? Yeah. yeah. One, of, one of the problem is that if I'm a game developer and then I start with, let's say, Unreal Engine, and which is C++ based, 
then to switch to Unity, which is C sharp base, is completely new paradigm. I will have to actually take a huge task to actually make a shift. Um, instead, and then also these we know that uh, we will discuss more. But the Epic Games having a fight with the Apple for the revenue share. We will discuss that in the second part of this particular podcast. Um, same thing is not happening with uh, the Unity. Unity has basically very good relationship with Apple and Google both. um in general yeah so, let's see uh, how long how long is that going to last yeah I, when apple start, starts uh, wanting a share a, pie, a piece of the pie uh, we'll see we'll see about we definitely revisit this uh, yeah uh, but amol i have a couple of questions on this right we talked about a, a couple of things over here you you mentioned that uh, epic games uh, has unreal engine that's also a well known product and uh, and fortnite is uh, yes. a, a by product or uh, from that right it's probably it uses unreal engine so so and unreal engine is one of the most profitable games right sorry uh, fortnite is one of the most profitable games so why do you think uh, unity never went into that direction of actually yes they they created this amazing platform for anybody to go ahead and it's created right but there if you look at their revenue that you talked about is only 750 million uh at this point of time after being in existence for over 12 uh over 15 years so wouldn't something like that have also been an interesting move from unity where they ended up creating a game i think it's an amazing question uh and to answer that we have to understand that how the disruption happens one of the big companies you will see uber even actually unity is a disruption in the whole gaming space most of the uh gaming engines initially were focused on the triple a games that been top notch games for the console unity said no basically as the mobile uh, adoption is growing in the early 2000s they said we will create an engine which is used by the every indie developer so it should be very easy for them anyone for the creating the mobile games so they believed in creating a platform right where any developer can come and quickly create a game instead the yeah. epic games yeah amazing games instead and they stick with okay. that policy yeah. and I that is that, uh, the they see like they if you look at unity was launched in 2004 apple iphone was launched in 2007 and i think what happened um this is just my pure uh, uh circumstantial based uh, assumptions that uh, they were new company that time when the mobile stuff happened and they were very quick to adapt to the changing market dynamics and they really focus on uh, the mobile uh, game development and these bigger companies epic uh, they were really focus on their uh, as uh, amol mentioned that like, uh, their superior game games they own the game and these guys were quickly making up a uh, platform based stuff so, okay there enough engineers coming out who are doing ios and uh, and android game in 2008 uh, that you can actually uh, take on that market provide developers a tool where they can actually create games and 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 now they can beat indirectly the epic games or other uh, big game uh, development companies by getting to the force of uh, all the engineers or all the people who are game de- developing the games yeah i think it's a, again the classic model of disruption where the big players generally do not care about the small players right and Unity started as a small player. They focus on the small developers or indie developers, yeah. and now slowly, because of the adoption of the mobile, they became so big that it's very difficult to ignore them. Right now, everyone is actually threatened by their engine. 
So it's a classic example of the inter-business disruption where the, uh, the incumbent, basically the players do not care about the small players as a small market. And that suddenly becomes very big because of the adoption. Ah, okay. So this, uh, actually this can uh, lead into, uh, this is a very good segue into what we wanted to talk about, uh, guys. Uh, since uh, Shashank brought up Apple, uh, we wanted to touch base on what Apple is actually doing. Apple and even Google these days, uh, they're monopolistic uh, uh, practices. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happens. So when Shashank, you... do you want to uh, start us off with uh, telling us about or telling uh, the listeners what is actually going on and why this is a topic of discussion for us? Yeah, I think it's a very great topic for discussion. And I think the debate has just started and it should continue because uh, what is what we are seeing uh, as a developer, as uh, people who are making apps and uh, we are relying too much on Apple App Store and Google Play Store for our app to be listed. And for, of course, you have to follow their rules because they have created this marketplace. But at, at what point actually those rules make sense or not make sense? And especially if they, are, they themselves are coming up with a competing product, like how do actually, there has to be some kind of regulation or some kind of uh, coming to the point where developers should not be handicapped on by the rules created by people who, well, rules created by the companies like Apple or Google who are putting their own product out there and forcing you to use their product. Very simple example was uh, like, a, there are quite a few news about Epic Games versus Apple recent yesterday or today, I think. Uh, it was yesterday, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday, yep. Yesterday, Google uh, pulled away an app, uh, Paytm, from the Google Play Store. And Paytm is, uh, people who don't know Paytm, like uh, people not in India. Paytm is one of the largest pay payment app used in, in, in India by mobile payment app. And uh, it's probably the largest, it's probably have the largest uh, market share. And suddenly they were doing some kind of, I mean, of course they went against some kind of Google uh, policies and they were showing some gambling app uh, like uh, for the, Preet, you know more about it or? So actually what they were trying to do is trying to uh, bring in more users by, uh, because cricket is a very big deal in India. Yeah. So they were using cricket as a medium to uh, give some kind of scratch cards or coupons. Uh, uh, it's related to the IPL, like the IPL just launched it, which is like... Yeah. So you could uh, get some bonus or some cash uh, promotions when you sign up as a new user. And that uh, Google classified that as uh, gambling practices for a financial app. Okay, and uh, that's... Sorry, go ahead. Was it basically by the by the Paytm itself or the way they're doing for the, some third party other company? right? This they were doing it for themselves. I mean, they were trying to uh, get more users. So they, they, I think like uh, Paytm launched their own uh, uh, fantasy related something and they were mm -hmm. using that for uh, using... Uh, for getting that, uh, they were trying to do some promo codes yeah, using yeah. using IPL uh, as a base. They were doing it. So that's why Google actually got pissed. Uh, I think some industry body also complained to Google and Google took an action, quick action and they removed uh, Paytm from that. So it's definitely a huge... Uh, Stuff but Google of, itself is doing that. I mean, Google is doing exactly pretty much what Paytm was doing. So that that's the, the, the argument about that. Like, okay, they can, since the, it's their rules, nobody can actually monitor them, what they are doing, and they can change the rules or they can, like, who's monitoring them, actually? Like, who can implement their own rules on themselves, actually? 
there should be some okay. kind of governance body, right? I mean, this is and definitely is not. Do you think that point with uh, with a Paytm C, uh, the founder of Paytm Vijay, uh, brought out a pretty good argument about, like, okay, if you look at India's eco ecosystem right now, like all of the startup ecosystem, like. Everything is based on the app-based economy. It's an app-based economy where, uh, like you talk about Zomato, you talk about anything, it's all based on apps. Like, uh, And who's actually controlling that app ecosystem? There are two companies, Apple, and Apple is probably 1% of that, 1% of Indian smartphone market, and 99% uh, is actually uh, Android. And so Google is actually con controlling the whole app ecosystem. So I, I can bet, this has just started and there will be a lot more debates. You will see that uh, Indian government and Indian people will actually start talking about like, this might be a kind of a national threat or security related issues also where uh, Google controls majority of the app. They, they have the power to actually pull away uh, the apps which can actually be financial uh, fundamentals for Indian economy. And they have way too much control over there. So. I don't know, like this, this, this doesn't sound good, right? To me that uh, Google or Apple can have so much control over what, like inside the whole ecosystem of uh, like Apple, Apple has been notorious with this, right? Apple has, I remember Spotify was one of the first companies that created, uh, that officially launched a lawsuit against Apple. And uh, guys, do you know that the, what, uh, when this all, all of this happened, they actually created a website, a landing page where called uh, type to playfair.com where it has a timeline of uh, when Apple was launched, uh, uh, 2004 iOS, uh, then uh, 2007 was when uh, I think uh, uh, iPhone was launched, 2008 was when Spotify was launched and when App Store was launched. And they have a complete timeline of how their practices changed, uh, how they started introducing, uh, they started uh, forcing these developers to pay over 30% of their uh, total user subscription in the first year itself. Yeah. And so I've been and, hearing, yeah, that's a pretty good site actually. I just opened a brief, uh, time to play fair.com. So people, if you yeah. want to go on time to play fair.com. Yeah, it's been, a pretty nice thing that they, uh, it's a good insight to what, uh, what Apple does with not just Spotify, with all the developers, all the companies that are trying to make it big. Yep, yep. So Spotify is one, another example is Paytm. I don't know, um, Shishank, if you know, was there any disruption that happened in their service because um, it's a very important app for the payment in India right now, I think number one app. Was yep. there any disruption in service? So it was out of, uh, out of the app store for eight hours. I mean, at that point of time. So they couldn't actually get more uh, users at that point of time. So they so yeah, quickly averted. They had to pull away the feature they had inside the main app, and they probably resubmitted and it got approved because I mean, it was of the highest order. Uh, I'm sure there were a lot of pressures, pressure even on Google actually when they pulled it off. Uh, uh, but I mean, this is just a start. Like now, it actually gives you a hint of that what Google can do. Actually, what if they start? I mean, they can go beyond this, and they can they can do. I mean, of course, they have the rules there, but like I think this, they are way too powerful and there has to be certain kind of regulatory body or some kind of regulation there that they cannot decide on their, like, like who are, did they, you have to also look at the process. Like we, it's not transparent. Like what are the internal discussion which went through to come to an, uh, come to a 
this in that they will pull away uh, an app why they should not there should be probably an industry body or regulatory body they should be involved in that like like what happens in the uh, in uh, finance industry Preet, you have worked on banks i have worked in banks and in wall street and there all the banks who are actually registered and uh, there are a lot of regulatory bodies there's a governance body on top, right? Like that, uh, that always makes, make sure that what is fair play. Like we, I remember like when we were running reports for like the, we had to report to quite a few federal agents and the federal agents will actually be present inside the company uh, in quite a few things they will actually have an oversight of. And right now, if you look at Apple or Google, I don't think there is anything, something like that anywhere. Yeah. They, they make up rules as they go. Yeah. So there are a bunch of people like us who are working in a company uh, let's assume that me and Preet work for Google. We both will talk to each other and say, okay, I think they have, uh, we should just ban this. And probably I'm, I'm oversimplifying it probably, but there are humans there who will actually do mistakes. Shashank, you're absolutely right. Sorry, sorry Amol. What, what were you saying? So I'm saying that um, in 30 years of almost internet history, right, uh, what we see so far, um, there have been a few cases that happened before, like Microsoft's dominant, right? And then this Spotify case, and then Paytm case, and uh, we can discuss more about the Epic Games also. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, these, these issues happen, and then eventually uh, the case is filed and the case is made. So far, we have not seen any central body. And App Store history is only last 12 to 15 years old, right? Um, yeah. There is much bigger history and the app, uh, the internet company history. Um, I think when this kind of body happens, it's going to disrupt or change a lot of things, not only the app store, but it will also impact the, let's say, e-commerce, Amazon and other ones also, right? Because they're, Amazon is doing unfair game also in their particular marketplace. So uh, definitely we need a central body in general, but is it going to happen? Is it going to be only central towards the app store or is it going to impact the overall, all the internet industry? So Amal, I actually want to break this down in a couple of points that you made. One is definitely fair play policy, where uh, what Shashank was highlighting is uh, the ability to ban an app uh, on their uh, whims and fancies, whether they don't like, whether an app doesn't comply with certain kinds of rules, so pull them out and we'll figure it out later. That's And that's also open to interpretation by the person reviewing that case. The other main problem is the whole revenue uh, uh, part that Apple actually just consumes. Like that 30% of all subscription, user subscription in the first year and 15% for remainder remainder of the uh, lifetime of the app. So that is a problem. Spotify only after they went on the case. Like uh, yeah. if you are an indie developer and you have some in-app purchase, there's no discount for you after second year. It's only 30%, right? It's always 30%. All the life actually. So these two I main parts, right? They yeah. have the control over uh, what kind of... Uh, uh, like uh, the app life cycle. If you have a well-growing company, you have a billion-dollar company, uh, but you are totally at the disposal of uh, Apple. Yeah, the other side of argument I've heard from people is always like, uh, you should be grateful that they have provided, created a platform and ecosystem, so they rightly deserve that thirty percent. Uh, so. And there are different opinions there. Like I kind of disagree on that side. Okay, I understand. And if it was a fair practice uh, that's across 30% across every app. But the biggest problem I have with that is like app companies like Apple and Google come with their own services. 
Like totally. Apple came, Apple came with their in-app payments. Why, if uh, if there was a service out there, I cannot use any other service out there. So how it's actually a fair game for other companies which are whose livelihood is dependent on in-app uh, payment kind of stuff. They make SDK, they make libraries, or stuff like that that they can actually compete. They cannot compete with a. Uh, uh, Apple's in-app purchase. Like, who, tell me one competitor who can actually compete with the Apple in-app purchase because Apple will not approve it. So how is that even a fair competition? It's not a fair market at all, actually. Like, they will always come, Apple will always come back with saying that, okay, you don't like Apple, go for, uh, we are not the monopolistic because there's Google. But it's not monopoly, then it's duopoly. Those two people have exactly similar kind of rules in their Play Store. So I'm not saying there's illusion there, but there's, it seems like there's, I'm not saying it's a collision. But it could be like if their rules are similar, it's for yeah. us. It's almost like as a developer, it's almost like a monopolistic market. I... You touched an important point, Shashank, over there. But I think we will probably should highlight that a little more. Where uh, take the example of Spotify. Spotify launched with their premium service or whatever their fees was, twelve dollars or thirty dollars. Twenty fifteen, Apple Music launches. Uh, they don't pay thirty percent to Apple, of course not because it's Apple. That that was clear, and. <laughs> They severely undercut uh, Spotify's model by yeah. charging users only nine ninety nine. Yeah. So you you first have the uh, you bring developers on, uh, welcome the ideas, charge a premium, a royalty, or Apple tax as Spotify calls the, calls it, and then uh, undercut them, use the exact same business model, copy them completely, and yeah. end to end. And then, uh, then say that this is uh, this is you deserve this because we exactly. we gave you a platform. Tim Cook was there, called up by uh, in uh, some committee, and when he was in front of a house, yeah. or uh, and he said like, okay, Apple provides fair game, and uh, I will give you a simple example like uh, how unfair Apple could be. Like uh, you remember like when we were actually launching Flex and our app got rejected. Oh, Amol, you should uh, hear this. This is uh, something that has happened to us. I mean. <laughs> So our app got rejected. Flix app got rejected. Why? So we were very curious, like why there's no, uh, there's, we didn't see any reason why it could have got rejected. So it got rejected. So we uh, saw that and they said, okay, you are providing in-app, uh, you are providing link to purchase content. And what Flix does is actually aggregate all the content uh, on the streaming content, uh, where to watch kind of stuff. So you can actually click on that link and okay, uh, you can of course purchase and rent uh, that and watch it on your favorite app wherever you want to. So they started actually uh, rejecting it. No, you can not provide any web links to. And I, I was saying, look, okay, if I go on Safari, I go on Google and I say, okay, where can I watch Breaking Bad? I see all those links. How is it that different than this? There were no arguments listened. Then I said, yeah, they don't want to listen. How about there are a few of my competitors like Just Watch, Real Code, there, there are other competitors out there. I look at their app and they had somewhat similar stuff actually. They were even putting the price. Yeah, yeah, they went and beyond that. Okay, these guys are exactly doing this and how is, the, is that totally unfair that you are rejecting my app but I'm not even directly showing the price. It's just a link towards the content page. It's not linked towards renting or something. Yes, there's a rent button there, a buy button there. Of course, I mean, it's like a search engine kind of stuff. And you can say, okay, this is the homepage of Breaking Bad. This is the homepage of uh, that particular movie. And you can, there are various options where they can buy it. And uh, no, they didn't listen to us. And when I, whenever I bought up, uh, like uh, there are other apps which are doing somewhat similar and you have not rejected, they are already approved. 
they said, oh, we cannot discuss that. This is beyond your, uh, like, uh, your app is different and their app is different. I said, no, they are my direct competitors. Like, how are... How You're giving them an edge. You're giving I mean, them that is, yeah, that's a major edge. Unfortunately, I had to pull down those stuff. Like, I didn't, uh, I, my app doesn't have that. So they are getting the unfair advantage, those uh, competitors. And, and when Apple says it's a fair game, but I, it depends on exactly. I'm not saying that they deliberately did this for us. But it's also, they have like thousands of people who are reviewing, reviewing apps. Everyone has a different interpretation of what the rules are. So Sashank, basically, I understand your app was, certain feature was rejected, right? So there are some other apps also that, that those are competitor to your apps. Those are still not that big players. They are decent big players. So what could be the reason that their developers are actually handpicking certain apps, like in your app, and then selecting certain features are not allowed? What could be the reason behind that? Is it because there are so many de developers that each developer has dis different interpretation of the rules, or it could be something beyond that? Yeah, so it's, it could definitely actually. Like everyone has a different interpretation. Actually, I, they, they, that's what I'm saying now. Like it's, it's not a legal system where you have a judge, a jury, and uh, that couple of people who are arguing about There's it. some kind of a protocol that somebody is following. Yeah. It's just open up to interpretation. It's so it's not black and white. It's totally gray. Like somebody thinks that this is fair. Let me let me do it. So I, I think they go up to like if you are big enough, then they will go up to the manager level kind of stuff. Okay, I, I looks like the, they are flouting the rules. For us, like when we are first time listing the app, I think any even a junior reviewer can actually look at it and say, okay, oh, I'm I'm rejecting it, and then I have, I have to go back and forth. I ask like, okay, I want to talk to your manager, and same thing happened. The manager also said, no, uh, this is the rule, and then I cannot approve it. And I mentioned same my competitor, and uh, it was useless actually. So. I wanted to focus on yeah. features and other things I can do on. It was a, it was a minor setback to us, but uh, uh, but it Apple's world. We are just living it. And Amul, the, just to uh, extend on that same point of Apple, uh, I don't know. It's it's no hatred to Apple guys, but this is just highlighting what we faced and the other things that Apple kind of does. Is we had social logins in our app, right? Oh, yeah. Like Facebook and uh, Twitter. So uh, once that people like 99% of the population of the world use and, but uh, Apple says, comes back and says that if you're using any social login, that, that was the second Apple login has to be there. Otherwise your app is not going to be approved. Yeah. So I mean, so, we, so had, we, we had can. the phone based sign up. We had the, we were introducing new uh, login options. What Preet was telling is a, uh, and we got again got rejected. Why? Because oh, uh, you are not using app uh, sign in, sign in with Apple. I said okay. Why is that mandatory? Actually, like people use Facebook and people use Twitter login, and then I have some phone login. They said no. If you have any kind of social external login options, you will have to use uh, Apple sign in options. And they forced it. Actually, like it became a forced road, it. Yeah. Uh, they became it's part of the policy now. March 2020, and yeah. then we launched in. Uh, April, April. In, uh, April, and they started enforcing in April and May that going forward, any app which has that will actually force them to actually do this. So it looks like I see two examples here, right? Apple and Google seems like a China of the world in a way, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> controversy. I'm sure I hear controversy. <laughs> you have to follow my rules, right? That's one thing. Second thing, another thing I see is that, of course, Amazon. Amazon actually. Uh, let's a lot of manufacturers come and then sell. And when they see something interesting, it's selling very, very high margin, right? For example, the yeah, yeah. Uh, margin, they launch their own product. Yeah. That 
Amazon Basics yeah. is all about that, right? Amazon, Amazon Basics, yeah. Threads, and they have so many uh, internal companies like that. Uh, one thing, uh, if you remember, one thing India actually did very well with Amazon. They said either you can be a marketplace or you can be a vendor. If you are being a vendor and a manufacturer who is selling product, you cannot be a marketplace. There cannot be an overlap. And I, mm-hmm. when I saw that rule being passed in India, I was like really, really happy about that because that is actually a fair marketplace now. If you're not, if you're not competing directly with the vendors who are selling, then uh, that's how you should, the marketplace should be. So that's that, play, that, leveling the playing field, right? Exactly. That you're coming here to do something. Now you want to do everything. <laughs> yeah, so yes. that, that, that's the world we live in. So I think like in uh, like uh, just on to end or like in my opinion, next 10 to 12 years, like if you look at what we, ne- we didn't discuss Microsoft versus uh, the monopolistic uh, uh, case against uh, Microsoft where Microsoft actually lost the battle and they had to settle down. They were about to be broken up into multiple pieces. Uh, that was 2001. Why? Because they were doing similar, somewhat similar actually, like they were monopolistic, they were covering like 90% plus of the PC market and uh, they were bundling in Internet Explorer and they were not letting, uh, first of all, the manufacturer decide like they can they remove I, uh, Internet Explorer or not, or they were not even allowing them to actually install other kind of a browser. So they lost the battle and they were actually now when user installs the it gives an option okay you can actually install different kind of browsers that that time it was netscape now it's different and that's probably that's a good compromise i would say if apple is doing their own services inside it or app google is coming with their own and they're forcing developers to do it they should make the level playing field as a developer i should be using the best or forget about developer let's okay uh, as a developer i can have biases let people decide. Yep, totally. Let people decide. If I'm giving giving Apple in-app purchase options. Why not other uh, in-app purchase options? Let let I as a consumer decide whether I want app I want to use this service or that service. And then I would say it's a level playing game. Then you are empowering people. You are not. And when they always say that we are empowering people, we are talking about your privacy and everything. Uh, why don't you take the high road then? Then do this. Let let's empower people. It's not even the high road. It's the right thing. I mean, uh, that's the right thing to do, actually. So let's see. I hope in the next uh, five to ten years we will see uh, big changes coming there. So you mentioned about the Microsoft and um, case, right? So you think that there will be a huge change in next to five to ten years in this particular? So this this problem is uh, we are just uh, scratching the surface. Uh, wait and watch for the next five to ten years. Things will happen. Uh, you see, I am seeing all those dots. Actually, what is happening, especially with TikTok and go, U.S. government interfering in TikTok and ByteDance forcing uh, companies to actually sell and all these things. So all the other governments are also looking at this uh, very closely and they will also think about like who has the real power and they will, what government generally does, they want to get the power to them. Rather than giving the power away, every government, everyone knows they want to keep the power with them. So they will they will come into the picture and they will force these companies to change their policies and they will force uh, once you put the national security stuff there yeah Shrek, that is a very big topic that's probably so we should deserve that for another episode yeah. but i that is very very interesting that what role does a government or a state actor play in something like that yeah yeah i mean yeah that's a great this was a great discussion guys yeah. Yeah. 
Watch on the Epic Games uh, and the Apple versus Epic Games, the fight which is going on. Every time the fight happens, uh, like we saw with Spotify, some changes happen in the Apple's App Store, right? They change some policies. Yeah, uh, even I, Spotify did that. Like there were some changes. So yeah, I mean it's, it has to be. It will be pull and uh, pull and push kind of game. We'll have we as a developers, we'll have to actually voice our opinion, and hopefully, yeah, somebody in Apple is listening and they will actually do the right thing. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. But uh, this uh, this concludes our uh, episode number three, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe uh, to our channels, to our accounts on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and we also have a YouTube channel just in case you guys are interested in uh, watching us uh, during this session. Because a lot of times we also talk about we had some devices also when last time when Amol was talking about uh, uh, the the hollow lens or the oculus uh, examples so uh, we uh, he kind of demonstrated what they would probably look like and Shishank was uh, doing his thing with uh, snap glasses so uh, so guys you should definitely check out our youtube channel also yeah. and uh, stay tuned till the next episode comes out yeah, we are available on all the podcast uh, channels: Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor, Spotify. You will always you will find us everywhere. So just search for Tech LGTM, and you'll uh, you'll find us there. If not, then let us know. Uh, we'll we'll be there. <laughs> all right, guys. All Take right, care. Bye bye. Okay, signing off.